Okay. So after this world's, there's been a lot of hot goss, dank may mm-hmm. and our capsaicin levels have been set to 95. Mm-hmm. Do you have hot goss, dank may or can you get the capsaicin levels to maximum? Uh, should I say this or should I not? I will say this. This is the hot goss that I can give you from the CTZ world. And I, you know, I have uh, a bountiful supply, but you know, you got to be careful with this kind of shit. Hit me. Okay. System redacted is, oh, it's so sick. It's like really important and it's going to be literally the highlight of this year. That's what I'll say. So there's your scoop and our hot goss for you. That is CTZ certified. You can quote me and send it to the New York Times if you want. And if you need to like clear it with their legal team, it's already ready to go. My legal team is ready to go. But I stand by my statement. System redacted is going to be, oh man, I'm so fucking ready. Oh! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Slums Cast. As always, I am your host, Neuropanzer, a solidly good Polana player and a subterraneanly bad Val player. And I'm your co-host, Josh, aka Orbital Tangent, still Netrunner's okayest player. Nice. Still holding on to that title. Based on our intros, we are both qualified to fulfill the mission of this podcast, which is not to make you better at Netrunner and also not to make you a better person. A reminder to those of you who are listening, if you are not already, you can follow us on most major podcast outlets. I think the only one we're currently missing is Apple Podcasts, which, you know, we are trying to bribe Steve Jobs, but he keeps not responding to my emails. It doesn't matter. You know, Apple and iPhones, they're not big at all. They're not very popular. So, yeah, follow us if you're not. If you don't like the podcast, then still please follow us. We still need the followers. Are there any special thanks that we want to give to start off the episode? Well, coming hot off Netrunner Worlds 2020 event, I do think that we have to thank the folks at Nisei for holding a pretty good event. There were some ups and downs, but it was very good. So, On that note, though, definitely also want to give special thanks to the folks that work with Cobra AI, because as we all know, Cobra AI occasionally goes down. It's just kind of a thing that happens with Cobra, and they were extremely fast, extremely responsive, and the tournament was able to continue working because of their tireless work. Also, shout-outs to Jono for just being a sport with all of the Cobra memes. They were beautiful and glorious, and, and Jono, honestly, just kind of took it in stride. No step on snack. Yep. Yeah. Okay, as always, we start this week with an intro question. This one's a little spicy. This is something we've never done before. We made Worlds predictions last episode. My intro question is simple. How were our Worlds predictions? Let's start with you, Josh. Well, there's a couple of caveats, provisos, a couple of quid pro Already starting Already uh, starting with it. All right. So to be honest, they were middling to maybe okay. Maybe even the okayest predictions. We are so consistent as a brand. You got to have consistency. That's what the people want. So what I'm saying is, Pants, we got it wrong. We, we did get it wrong. We said yeah. Leela and Asso. That's what we agreed on. Yep. Yep. Both said that, right? We did both say that, and we agreed on that pretty heavily. However, 
I'm going to say that I did bring up sports at the end of that segment. Mm-hmm. What and, kind of sports did you bring up, Josh? Well, uh, not combo, more rig, but we don't have to get into that. I, I, I'd like to get into that. Okay, well, fine. I, I've gone as far as I wanted to go there. Okay. I only just wanted to get in. Yeah, uh, gotcha. Anasa, I think, honestly, if you look at the field, we were right on those being the consensus best decks. I think yes. with the exception of Day 1B was on a whole bunch of Polana, but the next most common was Asa. And yep. I think that our general thoughts of a lot of people will be on Red Glacier because that's yep. the way that you beat the things that beat Asa definitely came true. We just yep. also missed that other things beat the things that beat Asa. Yeah, we also didn't mention it in the episode, but like... As we were testing after recording that episode, yeah, I think you and I quickly came to the conclusion that it's like, oh, people are going to like audible onto red because like you're going to attack Leela's hand. Yep. And so, yeah, I think Jinteki basically became overrepresented. Don't think it did measurably better than Asa. I think there were some Polnas and and some Asas in the top cut. Some Ag Infusion Um, as well. Yeah, and some Ag Infusion. I'll, overall, I would say after our episode, the meta read was pretty good. And honestly, like we were asking what is going to win. Actually picking out what's going to win is always tough because anything can happen in a top cut situation. I think we had a pretty decent read and it wasn't a hard read to have, but mm-hmm. a lot of people who are very good at Netrunner will be on Leela and Asa and there will be a lot of them. We were right about that at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will also mention that I was talking to Zeroth on another podcast of some sort. Never heard of him. Oh, yeah. We're the first and only Netrunner podcast. Okay, cool. It's not about Netrunner. Yeah, let's go with that. But anyway, I I did mention as well, you know, Ray Ganark uh, would make a showing. And well, I was I was I was kind of right on that, too. The world's winning Anarch is not that rag. It's it's, it's got two HQ as my dude. It two consumes. Yeah, we'll get into that more later. Honestly, when I look back at the staggering number of incorrect predictions that we made, there's only really one thing that comes to mind. And that's, you know what? At the end of the day, you can't get them all right. Uh... What, did I say something? No, but speaking of rye, it's time for baking up Think Loaves. Think Loaves, the most delicious food. Indeed. And just like last time, we're making it a bakery up in here. We have a bonus loaf. A bonus loaf? A bonus I'm loaf. I'm worried about my calorie consumption. It's all healthy calories. It's net runner calories. So okay, okay. we're good. Runner is in the name. Yeah. So yeah. let's go with that. Anyway, first loaf, a loaf near and dear to my heart, is what was the okayest moment of worlds? The okayest moment of worlds. Hmm. You know, you'd think whoever wrote this question would have an answer prepared to it. I think the okayest moment of Worlds, for me, was the sheer number of rounds that I split. All of them were okay results, kind of exactly as expected, like decent enough to win a game, not good enough to win two. That pretty much describes the, the Worlds performance, mostly. It actually, it's, it was a very interesting Worlds to me because I was on a Polana, which I had played zero games on before Friday, and it went 5-0. and oh. <laughs> And then on the Val deck, which is the one that I actually built, which I am sure we will talk about in a future episode because who boy was it bad. I went one and six on that one. So not not the best performance I've ever had at Netrunner. Arguably, it was a very okay performance. So to sum all of that up, I would say the okayest moment of Worlds was actually playing Netrunner for me. 
oh, actually playing Netrunner was the okayest moment. I, All right. It did too, but, you know, I, I, the results speak for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, they say you're pretty okay. All right. So, I don't know. I, I really haven't put a lot of thought into this one either. But before I continue on, just to stall a little bit, I, I will say I told you about Val. I told you so. Look, <laughs> what you told me was to play Leela, and did Leela win? Uh <laughs> okay fine you got me there you got me there i mean neither neither the val it came a lot closer than val did <laughs> i okay i would say the okayest moment for me i would say the okayest moment for me if i have to name one is that again i think that my meta read was really good going into it and especially after we started testing like what were going to be some of the top tier top finishing decks with a couple of exceptions were pretty close to accurate and i felt pretty okay about that the only thing i really missed again was weird combo decks existed and perhaps maybe even one maybe and geist like geist was amazing right a weird call but like completely correct versus these things because and and this is probably why we're only okay at netrunner is we thought geist was a weird call but clearly it was really good yeah like the only thing that could happen with geist and i thought about this afterwards after watching these players play is if you don't get your tech traders right away then you're stuck right but if that doesn't happen then geist can keep up with all the actionless stuff Mm mm-hmm um, so it's like the first couple of turns that a lot of these guys players were saying is where you're the most vulnerable. But like if you roll past that, then you have a certain amount of gas that you can just keep pouring on the fire until you run out. And the idea is by the time you run out of gas, you've hopefully won the game. Yeah. And, and even uh, when you run out of gas, you're not really out of gas because you're still playing at least one boomerang every single turn. Yep. And the back. So like, man, we missed those. So I would say that that's why my meta predictions, I feel good about them, but they were the okayest because there were just some key ingredients there that I missed that would have been like the seasoning to make it the perfect soup, but not quite there. Just a little bit bland on the spice, you know? Yeah, we're we're, we're just, we're mostly eating potatoes and and carrots. Okay, let's get to the bonus loaf. What was the best moment of Worlds? The best moment of Worlds. The best moment of Worlds, honestly, was, and I'm going to get a little bit sappy here and not very funny, but is the community and just like hanging out with people. So they did these after party things and these Discord channels that you could join. And those were fantastic. A lot more fun than I thought that they would be. So you would just basically join a voice channel. Everybody would be like, hey, what's up? And then you'd play, play Jackbox or something. And honestly, before I did that, I was feeling that this was just kind of like playing on Jinteki, but bigger. And then I got into one of those channels and I'm like, oh, it's, it's Worlds. Yeah, 100%. And, that feeling was fantastic. Honestly, I think mine's along the same lines as yours. Not exactly the same, but uh, God, I hate to do this because this is going to sound like a shameless plug. And it is a shameless plug, but I think the the best moment of Worlds for me was getting to commentate a couple rounds on day 1B. And it was for a lot of the same reasons. It was basically, you know, you get into a Discord call, you're there, you're watching Netrunner games, you're talking about Netrunner. It was exactly like being in the FFG Center with the games streaming on the big TV, and it's too loud to hear the commentary. You can't hear a single word they're saying. And you're just standing there next to one of your friends and you're talking about, you know, like, oh, man, 
I think it was a very poor decision to click for two instead of install a card and click for one. And, you know, like you're, you're, you're just out here and like, they're actually making day two of worlds. <laughs> yeah. And you're pretending you're good at Netrunner by making shadow calls behind them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, genuinely just talking, getting to talk yeah. about Netrunner with people who like Netrunner is so fun getting to do that and also share your thoughts with other people so that hopefully they can get a little bit of insight into what's going on in the games like that's even better yeah so that that was definitely the best moment of worlds for me the the opportunity to do that excellent so the the bakery just decided that it wasn't time to serve us up this loaf but another thing that i'm interested in is the most shocking moments of worlds for me one of the most shocking moments was what won or what came close to winning and in particular, the fact that the top two corps were Sports Combo and CTM. Oh, we have a thing for that. Thing? Yeah. The Beef Zone. The Beef Zone. I'm glad we decided to bring this back and once again not have it actually be us talking about beef with other Netrunner entities. That's just a, a wonderful, a wonderful idea by the people who invented this segment. Absolutely. And so I have to ask you today then, Pants, what beef is braising in our beautiful pot? I am glad that you asked. We have a really good beef today. For those of you who aren't familiar, the Beef Zone is a segment where we ask a very simple question. What would win in a fight? And the question we have today is, what would win in a fight? The general pre-world's perception of CTM and sports combo or the actual world's performance of CTM and sports combo? Who are you taking? I think I'm going to go on actual performance metrics here, my dude. This one's a little bit of a loaded question. Like there's kind of an obvious correct answer, I think. But I just found it crazy that like CTM was a deck that I did not even consider bringing. I was like, oh, CTM, that's just like you you lose to Leela. You lose to Freedom. You lose to Val. (laughs) You probably lose to Haley because most of them are on APOC. Like who the heck is bringing CTM? And the answer is the second place finisher. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It was almost like, you know, CTM had just been beaten down at the end of, you know, what was that, Rocky II? Insert fighting movie here. Yeah. And it it was like, you know, CTM was was Stallone, you know, Adrian, Adrian. And and then he's he's just pumping iron and there's a montage, you know, and, and CTM's getting all buff and putting on muscles and like getting like a trogdor arm and everything, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. and and then just walking out, walking out and kind of like swinging their leg over the ropes in the ring and being like, you want to fight? <laughs> and, uh, you know, just just bringing it, bringing it to the perception of that deck being bad. I don't know, like the the perception of that deck was just, it had the crap kicked out of it, and apparently it's good, and we were all just scrubs. Like, I know that's true of us, but like everybody else as well, apparently, because nobody was like, put CTM in your gauntlet. I'm going to use a different overly specific metaphor here. Like CTM versus the perception of CTM, and I think you could say a similar thing about sports combo versus the perception of sports combo. Kind of the, the perception is that really loud, really confident dude who is probably a little bit too drunk and is up in your friend's face, all like, you know, you know what they're saying. They're, they're up in their face. They're talking about how they want to fight him. And then CTM slash sports combos actual performance is your buddy who's in the Marines and is on leave for a weekend, but is like five, six. So people kind of underestimate him. And 
we saw how it ended the exact same way that that would have ended. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like that, that's like that guy laying out the Chad that is like way too loud, which is everybody's perception of how that deck is going to do. I love to see it. I personally love seeing decks that people have either written off or forgotten or think that this deck isn't good. And it's because they haven't found the version of it that's good. I think that's an important thing about CTM and about Sports Combo is the particular configurations that actually did extremely well at Worlds might not have been the classic configurations for those decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, CTM for sure was. I mean, three Malia, and they did work. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that these decks, like, you're right. They're two top players that were, like, really in tune with, like, what everybody thought was good and what everybody was going to bring. And they're like, okay, everybody's going to zig, so I'm going to zag over here, and I'm going to do something that nobody's going to think of. And it's going to be designed to just murder the thing that everybody's going to bring. And that turned out to be, like, super correct. And not to say that they're not good players, because... I can guarantee you. You don't get to second and you don't win worlds without being a good player. Yeah. (laughs) I guarantee you, if either of us had brought the same decks, we would have still done pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah, frankly. Yeah. So (laughs) Honestly, seeing some of the particular games that those two played, I probably would have done much worse. Did did you see, like, some of, like, TF's plays were just straight galaxy brain. the, The, like... How many turns was a remaster just sitting on the board or a Beal just sitting on the board? Like, yep. It seems like a primary plan to score for that deck was just, well, you won't check it. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Like it, was like, it was like brazen. It was like flashbacks of, um, why am I blinking on this guy's name? Dave Hoyland. It was flashbacks of Dave oh. Hoyland is what it was. And like... There was this... Oh god, the food that was in the second remote? Yeah, you remember that awesome like, game versus times? Timmy? Oh yeah. my god, yeah. Yeah, he just installed it because it's like, well, Timmy's just keeping my hand clear, so it, yeah. he's going to score it anyway. I might as well put it on the table. And <laughs> then the final play of the game is him building a remote around a, around a naked guard. Yeah. And Timmy going, I actually can't get in there. <laughs> well, what did you just do? <laughs> so like like tf's plays were like that it's it's like putting a remastered on the table and just like leaving it there until they had a yeah. a good window where their credits would be up and they had a jeeves out like it's just like yeah. they were like yeah you know just put it over here because like you know you're maybe gonna check my hand you're not gonna check over here it was it was hoyland-esque and it was wonderful and the only thing that like really compares to that as far as like galaxy brain plays was who's the person that got fourth a dumb brick yeah, or as I like to call them, a galaxy-brained cinder block. There were some skateboard tricks that... Uh, this is the wrong segment for this, by the way. This is, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, we can go into that. I'd, I'd say the, the last thing I want to say about the particular Beef Zone segment that we're doing right now, much like in many fights where the perceived underdog ends up winning, there were some secret weapons. For instance, let's think of news team, right? Like what's the last time you saw a news team? I can't remember the last time. That's true. The perception of that card was that it had seen its day. And well, it turns out that news team won worlds. Crazy. On that note. Yeah. Ban or nab? News team. Ban. Ban. Next segment. On the topic of news team, we did an interesting thing this weekend, didn't we, Josh? Yeah, I suppose you could call it that. I, I might also call it a lot of work, but but yes, interesting. 
Interesting is definitely a word that you could use to describe it. The basic idea here is normally this is the part of the episode where we would have the why would you do that segment, but we decided that it wasn't best for us to tell that story. So we went out to the people who competed in Worlds and didn't quite get there and asked them, why would you do that? All right. Could you go ahead and introduce yourself for the cast? Yeah, so I'm Ed, aka Cookhead, aka Friedhead. Today I was Banana Man. That was me on testing. I played about 30 games of PE in testing. And so I just, I made a smurf just specifically for that. Just because yeah. I didn't want people to hate me afterwards. Top tier strategy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a great idea. I ended up actually suicide running at match point into oh, my no. own PE deck that I gave to someone else. I was on chat and I said, I promise I'm not going to look at the list. I'll just try and remember it because it's my list. <laughs> and I've got a card in it, so. Hoisted that was by that your own petard, yeah. yeah. Hoisted by my own petard was exactly what I said over the call. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Exactly what I said, yeah. Even better because petard starts with P-E. It does indeed. Poetic justice, yeah. yeah. They, they say petard, they mean uh, fart as well. Really? Huh. Yeah, French for fart as well. As... Huh. Learn something new today. Yeah. It works on so many levels. Yeah. <laughs> it was a brain fart, yeah. We heard you were playing P-E. What did you play runner side? Sorry, no, I played RP in the end. I tested RP, 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 gotcha. And run aside, I was on Adam. Nice. Had a really exciting moment with Adam that I'll get to, but Excellent. let's just talk about my RP for a sec, because my RP went 5-2 today. Nice. It's my first Worlds. It's my first yeah, major tournament. Congrats. So 5-2. I was, I was very happy with that. Had a little bit of spice there with Prana condensers. Took the list with the Pranas. I stuck in House of Knives, and that was my econ engine. Yeah. But then it looks like a kill deck, and then you put out Bioethics, and they deal with that, and then you go MCA, click, overinstall MCA, click, and they they got nothing. Yeah, it worked great. It worked great. Yeah. Adam awesome. had some issues today. So going into the final round, I'd lost six out of six with Adam. Six out of six. RP being an absolute crutch. Yeah. Final match, final game of Worlds to get the Triple Project Atlas or Arts versus Titan. Yeah. How fitting to win yeah. the Atlas against Titan. And Adam came through. He came through. There you go. That's exactly yeah. what you need. Yeah. Well, congrats on the finish. That's awesome. The five and two deck is a little off brand for Slums Cast. We, we usually go for decks that do much worse than that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. But Absolutely. It's, it's it's okay. It's okay. We 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 have the we have the Adam performance to balance it out. So we do have that going for us. I did slot easy mark in Adam. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I love that. Love to hear that. Yeah. So I got told by my say testing group, my friends, easy mark's not good enough to play in criminal. So why would you play it in Adam? Um, <laughs> That's kind of a fair point. <laughs> yeah. Potentially, they were right got 25 influence i mean what else are you gonna True. spend it on yeah, you get, bored, you know, get your breakers out and you're like, oh, i've got nothing else to spend influence on easy mark yeah just flat. Flat. yeah there's a chance we already heard a spoiler of it but i want to get the full answer here what was the baddest beat you had all weekend yeah it was it was running into a triple advanced june bug with five cards in hand oh oh god not I, even one I, or two at six one up. Oh with like corpse sides on two credits and I'm on thirty or something. And I just I thought I'll just I'm just gonna get this Ronin off the board so I don't weirdly die to it because I forget. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, Boombox. Oh yeah, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Had you seen any traps previous in the deck? That was the RP deck that I built and gave to my friend. Yeah. It was Brain Damage Association, the old Jaseki deck, yeah. updated for current meta. So, so you knew the trap was in the deck? Of course it did. It's my deck. <laughs> just because you know it's in the deck doesn't mean that you think you're going to hit it. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought it was Ronin, because it was triple advance right at the start, Mushin and sat there, and I thought it was either Obikata oh. or it's Ronin. I don't want to forget about it and die to it. Yeah, I'm going to take it off the board now. Junebug dead. See you later. You're on six points, you're on five cards. If that's the Obikata, you just win there. Yeah, but there was no rush anyway. Yeah, but but it's the June bug. Yep, yeah, whoop, that, ouch, that that hurts. <laughs> the 1x June bug in the deck, yeah. Lesson learned. Might have heard a hint of what this is, but this is Slumscast. We talk about bad deck building decisions. What was the worst deck building decision you made all weekend? See, I don't think it's easy, Mark. Okay. No, I put... Political operative in that. Do I mean political? Not, not pull up. Political dealings in the oh, RP. Political dealings, yeah. With no flower sermon, no nothing, no no reason to have it in there other than it felt like the right card. Didn't do anything all weekend. And mm. say what you will about it, Easy Mark does always give you three credits. Yeah, and you know, for all the hate, I'll still defend it because you always get your safety first triggers. Like you can always play it out of hand and always get a draw. Whatever happens. True. I have heard, though, that's one of the reasons that you put Armitage in, because then you permanently upgrade your click for credits, and you can always play it for one credit. Hmm. Armitage is spicy. I I don't know if it's that spicy. It doesn't cost influence. (laughs) One credit. What are are we? APOC, Adam? Like... The worst, the sort of most off-meta decision I made was not putting Scrubbers or um, Blue Trashy card, Miss Bones, in. Yeah. Actually, I didn't come across any Acer or Acer, Acer all day. I was I played five out of seven games against Wayland. I came up against Asset Spam Argus today. That was the first. Asset Spam Asset. Argus. Yeah. Can you describe that to us? How did that work? People really, really are missing Gagarin, aren't they? Yeah, man, it was Gagarin deck. It was Snares, it was Price X, it was CityWorks Projects, it was... Those do nothing in Central. Bio-X. It was horrible. Yeah. Ouch. And it was the game after I'd lost to the PE, and I was like, you know, walked around a bit, banging my head against walls and, you know, politely thanking people for the game, and then I walked into that deck. Right, okay. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> How'd tough. you do versus that one? Yeah, I, I I got to six points, but it was just a bit yeah. of a coin flip, to be honest. Yeah. It was a nice, it was a spicy little deck, to be honest, and uh, probably went 50-50, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Nice. More than likely. I'll check out how it went. But. Any more questions uh, on my first worlds? Going to the next one? Uh, depends on financial situation. It's probably in Toronto, isn't it? So, Say so it's in Europe next year. Are you going? I'm there. Awesome. All right. Thanks yeah. for joining us, Ed. Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks, Ed. Absolutely. Yeah, Have a good one. Good. Why would you do that? Could you go ahead and introduce yourself to the Slums cast? Well, that sounds threatening, but I'm Phil, a.k.a. Xeroth Maxima. Someone in Slack, a wise emoji, told me that we should ban that person. You know, the one I've seen more often than not is the one that says ban pants. I agree with that one. That emoji's correct. That's pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they should both be banned. I don't know. I mean, it's very MWL fashion. Ban both of the things that are ruining the metagame.
Yeah, absolutely. Then everyone has more fun. These yeah. are both correct takes. All right. What'd you play at Worlds? I played. So I hadn't really seriously played Netrunner in probably three or four months. Feel that? So I was on the periphery of the group now known as the House Hippos, which Ooh. is a bunch of Canadians that did pretty good. So basically what I did was like, oh, please, you guys, give me some decks. So Will, aka Sokka234, was nice enough to throw me a bone. He gave me a, a rude Titan deck and mm. a reg-ass Hoshiko. And that was the beginning of the end, really. Why do you say that? Well, I, I mean, I was like, oh, these decks are probably sick. I'll practice a bit tomorrow. Oh, I'm busy tonight. I'll practice the next day. Oh, oh, wait, I have to get up at 3 a.m. tomorrow morning to play these decks. Well, I guess I'll practice in Swiss. I feel that. I know that feeling, yeah. So that's my uh, story, yeah. That, that was exactly my journey with my corp. <laughs> what do you guys play? Polana, which actually did yeah. end up being completely sick and carried me to the extent that I was carried by either of my decks. <laughs> Polana has a really nice, like, smooth play experience i guess you're wording it a bit more diplomatically than i would i basically mashed my face into the keyboard for about 30 yeah. minutes in each round and it won all of the games it's a noob so. cannon let's be honest yeah. i was on val as well and the the val was not good okay told you bro. you'll probably be hearing it <laughs> in an episode soon because you're probably thinking like if your corp went undefeated you must have been in contention for the top eight right no not not even close not anywhere even close that's often my style. Like I just, at some point I knew how to play runner. Now I don't know. No, I play runner. Oh no, I got hard hitting news. Oh no, I did something else wrong here. Like who knows how to play runner? Not me. So yeah, basically I had pretty lofty aspirations. I think I told myself I wanted six wins. I wanted those atlases. So the day, the day started off pretty good, started in Splitsville, did a little corpse split, the Titan tightened, so that was good. Yep, yep. And then I got swept, and then I got, I think I split again, which felt all right. And then I got swept, I was like, yeah. oh, buddy, buddy, you gotta, you gotta pick yourself up by the bootstraps over lunch here. So I had a nice little stroll outside, there's these weird alley pairs I went and picked some of those, had a nice little fruit over lunch, came back and pro strat, just two for one the rest of the day. First two for one, just, uh, oh, I misplayed so hard. I just lost it. And I was like, oh, but the next two, the next two, I got them both. And I feel bad. I feel bad because they were very nice people. Oh, but I got it. I got my six wins, those atlases in the mail, I'm told. So it's all nice. good. See, people talk about two-for-ones to make the cut. I don't think people talk about two-for-ones to win alt arts often enough. It's one of the advantages of the structure that Nisei has put the prize distribution here, right? Even at a, an incredible two wins, like anyone who mm -hmm. got two wins got bonus prizes, which is yeah. great. Because usually it's like top half get something, which is... Guys, well, and, come and on. That's not frankly, me. like the bottom tables at Netrunner tournaments nowadays are not the bottom tables of three years ago. Yeah, there's that too. You meet people who have won regionals who are just having a bad day and are one in five. Yeah, it's a tough That's game. Fair. And I mean, it's worlds. Let's be honest, it's worlds. Like we should expect a high caliber of play. Man, I just thought there'd be some noobs to stomp. Little did I know I was that noob. Yeah. What's the win record overall? And what's, what is the win record on both decks? 
Oh, so I think I think I won three games. That's not possible. I won two games with Corp, which were both splits. And then I won two games with Runner, which were the two for ones, because I couldn't get my Corp for two for ones, even though I like the Corp a lot better. Ah, so that was rough. That was rough, but uh, I can't complain, I guess. Pulled it out in the end. Shout outs to Bookkeeper from Poland, my last opponent of the day. He was fantastic. Okay, so you're on Slums Cast. You know that we're going to talk about bad beats and bad decisions. Let's start Slum with the first up. one. What was the baddest beat all day? Like my own personal failure? The thing that was at least somewhat out of your control that went the worst. Um, I was playing like a, what's that frozen yogurt is now closed card? Econ Warfare. Econ Warfare. <laughs> I was playing Econ Warfare, hard-hitting new Titan. You're just trying to Ooh. bait people into runs, but all the runners were so rich. And in my own folly, I spent two Atlas tokens getting like, it wasn't even good, getting like a couple of tech cards to like put the runner down to zero Christ. They bounced right back up. Like I should have just scored out. Ah, I'm such an idiot. Yep, I feel that. Yeah. yeah. That sucks. That, that's on my own, but... I've been it, there. Yeah. <laughs> Turned out all right. I mean, really, it's still a bad beat because the deck didn't give you those tools. The deck forced you to ruse yourself into tutoring those up rather than Absolutely. just giving them to you. Yeah. Give yeah. me those in the opening hand so when they run the central, boom, right off the bat. You know, no, don't keep them until mid-game. I don't yeah. want a mid-game. I want to win by the mid-game. Exactly. Ugh, terrible. Hate it when that happens. What about decision-making? So... What was the worst deck building decision you made? Well, I had a huge advantage here, which was I didn't build any decks. I just stole them off the house. Oh, man. You didn't make a single deck building. No, I made no changes to them. Oh, man. Barely reviewed them. I picked this Hoshiko. Half the day I'm playing, I'm like, oh, yeah. Once I get a hippo, this freaking Nancy's going down. No, there's no hippos in the deck. I didn't know. Oh, no. I didn't know until lunch. Okay, so that's your your worst deck building decision is you didn't even review the decks. I was about to say you're the first person that's ever been on Slumscast and hasn't made an egregious deck building decision. Like, okay, I don't know who I stole this de- deck. Not out reading of, your but... deck list is probably a bad decision. Yeah, yeah. The fault is not on me here. The team is called the House Hippos, and the deck did not have hippos in it. Absolutely. That's very off-brand. Yeah, it's right? very off-brand. Who would have known? Well, apparently not you. I mean... <laughs> so that was pretty bad. The, the Titan being tech the other way I would have liked it to be. Probably the other one. It seemed good, uh, you know, off the bat, but eh, didn't, didn't, eh, it was all right. Yeah, Yeah, I suppose, yeah, like, if you expect a lot of Anarch, it, it would have probably been fine, but, like... Mm-hmm criminal running around with six dirty laundries is kind of rough <laughs> i think it was that's a lot of leela's all day that's for sure yeah yeah oh leela's so rich it's wild oh shout out to whoever was playing the the liberated cella deck good game i heard about oh that. i saw that one yeah. on jaden was that interinus i don't know how to pronounce in- in- their name. i think yeah i think it was them Liberated Ch- I I really hope that Liberated Chela got to directly win a game at Worlds. They told me yes. They just yeah, came oh, off a win with fantastic. it. So yeah. like, dang. Good good job. I would say we should bring him on this episode, but clearly that was a good deck. So yes. we can't. 
Absolutely. Let's not check their standings. Top tier deck. But top tier deck. Top tier deck. We're not going to verify. Yeah. Fun one that we saw while I was on the comms for streams was we came in and the installed programs for this deck were 3x Panchatantra, mm-hmm. 1x Gingerbread. A, a classic oh, yes. Classic. Yes, that is just the one of the shaper dreams is being able to set that up and do something with it, right? Well, and uh, here's, here's the thing. Here's the shitty thing. They were up against ice that were already tracers because it was all oh. data ravens. Well, that's well, yeah. Data Raven's tough, but that's almost good. I would say, like you're not you're not wasting your panchas on these chummy no, ices. We we did see them Aesop's one of them away. Sweet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Value, yeah, it's pure value. Love to see it. Great matchup for them. Wow. Yeah, they did end up winning that game if I remember correctly. So very good. What else did I play? One Saraswati. I played one of Saraswati as well. Yeah. It's a bold move bringing it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Someone's gotta do it. I know. I know. Uh, Jen from not quite my local meta. She's up in Edmonton, but she's a big Saraswati player. So to have more representation for her and the Saraswati gang. Are, are there decks that actually like, do people pilot decks of, of that that like use it for value? And like, she's are they good? brutal with it. Yeah, she's, it's scary playing against her. Like she's just, it's just one of those decks which sucks 99% of the time, but you get the one person that dedicates their life to it. And it's just, it's just <laughs> terrifying to play against. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was actually super, super excited for Saraswati when I first saw it. Yeah. Because I didn't read it correctly. And I was like, oh my God, Saraswati Anise, Saraswati a bio vault, advance the bio vault. Good Even game. just NGO is work. just like huge value. No, it doesn't work like that. No, it does not work. <laughs> it does not work at all. You cannot res that bio vault. <laughs> they made sure it'd be bad. Eh. Yeah. You win some, you lose some. Uh, guys, I got to go in like a minute here. Anything yeah. else? I think we're good. Thank you for joining us. And I want to be very clear before we end this segment. The beef is not over. The war rages on between our Always. clans. Eternal. It can never Indeed. end. Love it. See you guys. Why would you do that? Could you go ahead and introduce yourself for the Slums cast? Yeah. So my name is Dan or Dan B on all the platforms that people care about. I am mostly known in the Netrunner community for my really dumb alt arts of IDs as chickens. So Android Nest Runner. So I don't know if I'd seen... call those dumb. Those are actually kind of genius. It really started as the, the most dumb thing and it continued to be dumb, but there you can be genius and dumb at the same time, I think. It's a fine That's line, true. but yeah. I think you walk it well. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love those all times. And then throughout the community, I help a little bit out with Nisei as well as run the Nearest Hub website to kind of collect all Netrunner links for new players to, to come to. Nice. Awesome. Sorry about my son in the background, if you can hear him. All good. We have the power of editing audio, despite the fact that we claim we don't in our episodes routinely. You can't tell people that, Pants. You can't edit audio. You're going to edit that out. It's fine. <laughs> No, I mean, it's impossible. It's a, it's an immutable medium. We've discussed this before. What'd you play at Worlds? I played Haley. I had to. She's mm-hmm. she's leaving soon. I think everyone knows that now. Nisei has spoiled the runners for a system update, so Haley is leaving. So I had to play Haley. A very similar list to probably the one, one of the top Haley's at, in Continentals. So, And then Polana. So just oh, yeah. normal Glacier Polana, bunch of 4-2s and Obakatas. Price X in there just for fun. Ooh, um, some price X. 
Uh, they they didn't do as well, so those are getting cut in the next version. I actually really like your list that oh, I, you. I saw, so I'm going to be making some adjustments to that. Polana has been something I play a lot. It was more of that's what I'm comfortable with rather than a meta call. And when I heard that it was also good in the meta right now, I did a little happy dance knowing that both I know how to play this deck and yeah. it's good right now. Yeah, there you go. How did it go? Uh, Haley didn't let me down. I let her down. So Polana went really well. I did not play well on the day, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. One runner win, and I was about 50-50 split on Corp. Lack of practice, mostly, unfortunately. Really did not feel good day of and even into the evening. And then I was talking to some people about it, realized that the only way to, to get out of that rut is actually to do something good about it. So in the morning, I put out a call on Stim Slack and I said, hey, everyone, I'm making a testing group to get people to come together and be better. Called ourselves the uh, itinerant pro testers. I think there's like 25 of us in there now. And it's just going to be a group of people that will be responsible for helping each other get better. So either through coaching or through just being able to find games in the right Mm -hmm. space, right? So if I say, hey, I'm having trouble with my Haley deck, can somebody run me through all the popular matchups right now so I can learn how to play against them? Yeah. And get a good group of people that are willing to do that versus just going into JNet casual, which is hit or miss, I would say. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so this is Slumscast. You know our brand. Our brand is to focus on the things that didn't go quite as well. Yeah. What was the baddest beat that you had all day? Oh, what was... Man, didn't get Apox. That felt good. Okay. I'm trying to think of, like, what was the... It was just started the day wrong. So, Polana, game one. I got flooded, and then he started ripping agendas with Stargate. So, it's like, it wasn't even mm. that I was flooded. It's like, I can't get these things out of my hands, and he's just ripping them off of R&D anyways. That hurt. That was probably the worst thing. And then all three programs being in the second half of the deck on that Ooh, first that oh. first round. So and that just set the tone of the day. And then yeah. five losses later, I finally got a win. And then I, I came back strong in the middle. And then at the end, I think everyone was tired at the end of the tournament. And I succeeded. Uh, so yeah, so that, that didn't go so well either. But yeah, immense agenda flood. I was talking to Solemn Storm on Slack, and he was like, yeah, I think the 4-2 Polana with the Cyberdexes and Nisei's, that's the way to go. And I listened to that. Shouldn't have listened to that. I should have just kept the Future Perfect in my deck and left with less agenda density. Yeah, a little less Flood. Yeah, a little more Flood would have been good, yeah. Let's move to deck building. Yeah. We talk about bad deck building decisions. So far, it's mostly been bad deck building decisions that I or Josh have made, but we're talking about everyone's bad deck building decisions at Worlds now. What was the worst deck building decision you made? I basically didn't have time to test my runner, so I just last minute was just like, I think that this this runner deck needs a 46th card. <laughs> so, I put, Ooh, <laughs> so, I put, so I put in a Harmony Classic. Air Therapy, and then I, I put in a Heart, and then Thursday, I was like, why the hell did I put a Heart in this deck? All the corpses are going way too fast. I'm not going to get to the point where I need to recur a Simul Ship and, a, and an yep. Imp. Because the idea was like, okay, I need more imps. I need to get them back. Well, this is a good way to recur them. No, no, Dan, stop being dumb. The games aren't going to go that long. This isn't 2017 anymore. Like, it's not what's going to happen. So that was bad. And then the price X just, you hope they do good. But either you're scoring an Obakata behind Daily Loop and Anansi in a border control, and you're running them through that over and over yep. again. In which case, congratulations, they stole the Obakata, and then like they get in there and they take one point of damage from the yeah. the Prysec, or they're not getting in at all. Like it doesn't matter. 
So those price X could have been more econ, more more ice. So it, it's cool. I like it, but those are getting cut. Those are, that's yep. not the that's not what you need. So you're basically yeah, saying true. literally anything else than those price X would have been literally anything immediately else. Better. Yeah, yeah, just like. Yeah, I, th- I think you'd still need cards. I don't think I'm going to go to a 46 card corp. I think we would l- okay, let's still okay, keep the cards yeah. up in there, but a little bit more econ I think would have been good. But those price yeah. X, actually, now that we're saying that, something you can install. You want to shove them through a data loop multiple times and slow them down. So price X are good for just being like, haha, get this thing. Just come and get it. Yeah. Do you I, have NGOs in is, there? This card. It yes, is a three, double card. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Like, if I'm going with like they're gonna they're gonna poke, they're gonna have multi axes I wanna I wanna shove them through things. Let's just put snares in there. Like yeah, yeah there swap, we go. swap the price except for snares. Like that's the so if you you have a like Lacosta in your server and they have to go through and they hit the data loop. Then you border control, and they're like, no, I'm gonna drop, and I'm gonna go through the data loop again. And yep. you hit them with a snare. You might not kill them, but they're that's a scoring window there. I, you might not kill them, but you definitely kill their spirit. Yeah. Then at Some that point, you've won. Yeah. And if you're playing in, in real, there's so many good snare alt arts. You guys know me, right? Like, I'm a connoisseur of, of tarts, so I have mm-hmm. three or four different snare alt arts I would use if I was playing in real life. I know that this isn't best practices with alt arts, but my personal philosophy on snare alt arts is to have different alt arts for each snare so that they know they hit a different one. Yeah, like there's some cards where you go in and it's like, okay, we want to make sure that all the ice is the same. It's like, you want to have your toll booth be the same. I think there was one, the first time that FFG released the art pack, that there was like one toll booth in there and you wanted to slot it in. But it's like, oh, but if I have three toll booths in my deck and it's two in my hand, they know they're different ones, that's not good. But there's things like, let's put three different Jacksons in there. Let's put three different snares in there. Like if you're accessing it, you know what it is. You're going to trash it. You're going to trash it. (laughs) You can just swap like different agendas. It doesn't matter. Well, like, it's the mental game too. Like it's you have gone zero days since you hit a different snare. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then when you shuffle them back in with yeah. your favorite shuffling back in to your deck technique, whatever insert card here, they see them all over again. Be yeah. like, oh, this is the Beautiful. third time I've hit this exact card. Oh. Truly, this is the pro strat right <laughs> here that will win your world. I know oh. that you have three different snares, but I've only hit this one, and I've hit it three times. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. That's that's what you want them to <laughs> that, feel. That would be incredibly demoralizing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, love it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming on Slumscast and telling us about the bad beats at Worlds. Anything else you want to say? You know, I think the Slumscast is a very good culture fit for me. So if you ever need a guest on for a full episode... Hell yeah. Uh, reach out. You know where I am. And then if listeners want to get better, if you want to join the itinerant protesters, the whole point is to help each other get better, like mm-hmm. not be a, a secret keeping testing group. It's more about just getting people prepped for whatever tournament season is coming up or even when there's no tournament season being like, oh, look, gateways out. What are all these cards? Let's figure out how to do deck building now. It should be a group that can come together and do that no matter what size your meta. So we are on Slack and you'll be able to find us pretty easily. Awesome. All right. Cool. Why would you do that? Could you go ahead and introduce yourself for the Slums cast? I'm John Udelson, a.k.a. Janktivist on Jinteki and on Stimslack. I live in Virginia right now, so, you know, I'm part of the Boswash meta, but I hail, well, not originally, I'm from New York, but prior to this, and when I did, got into Netrunner, it was in uh, Louisville, so uh, I also consider myself still part of the greater Cindy Lou meta, which would be Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Louisville. What did you play at Worlds this year? 
APOC Val and a HHN Acid deck that was modeled after Jonas's Fear deck. The APOC Val is pretty standard, but tries to be super quick and draw heavy. So there's like 20 or 21 events, but I still went with Three Street Peddler, Earthrise. I've had worse, obviously. Moshings. Yeah, Moshing was wow. like huge. I actually played Greg Tung in the tournament, and I was very, very fortunate. I got an amazing hand, so I, I took both those games. But second turn of my runner game, I drew up and I had Moshing, Paperclip, Black Orchestra, MK. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> the dream. I was like, wow. never, never. Yeah. And so, you know. And you all, got paid to do it. That's the great like, Yeah. <laughs> so, all for speed there, you know, three Paperclip, Black Orchestra, two MK, and then an Eater. Yeah. Just because I like that as sort of a, a catch all backup in case I really need to get off the apocalypse or in case. I really just get set up to just continually stargate, right? And yeah. Eater is kind of like the, the cheapest option to continue to go through. The Asa HHN deck, like I said, modeled off for Jonas's Fear deck, but I think that ran a 7.7 7 agenda suite with three SSLs. Mm-hmm. So we had to obviously not use those. We went with three Vitruvius, three Vacheron, one Iqua, and one Cyberdex, but still sort of kept the idea that you're going to go quickly and as soon as possible just fork the runner basically eight agenda suite that has been super popular in Jinteki Glacier for a long time. That same idea. Yeah, same idea. And it's like, you know, we're going to set up, we're going to start hitting that MCA austerity quickly. And then if you can test, I do technically have the ability to, with Jeeves, triple Econ Warfare you into an HHN, which disgusting. You score Vitruvius with a counter, and it's easier to get that triple Econ Warfare. Yeah, yeah. And I think oh, you try to score Vitruvius with two if you can. So the turn that I think you click up MCA to three, if you have Jeeves out, you can score two counter Vitruvius. I guess one counter if you're that's playing Leela just to get the click back. Yeah. That sounds yeah, that's, brutal. That's a beating. Yeah. It was cool. I didn't do super great with it on the day. I think I went, what did I go? either four and three or five and two on it, but a bunch of people in my meta played it and we had like two people go six and one and another person go five, one and one. Wow. Yeah, so I got a couple wonky draws with it in a couple games, so it happens. Yeah, with the eight agenda suite, that absolutely happened. Was the intent of the Val that you brought to sort of fight these decks, particularly the more asset-heavy aces? Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of it particularly for Asa, but I think its speed also kind of gets you set up for challenging Red Glacier mm-hmm. if you need to, right? Because you can get your breakers in the bin pretty quickly. You can get set up on Econ pretty quickly. And it really doesn't mind, honestly, like just face planting into Anansi's if it means like you can get the score. And I think with those decks anyway, you really have to think about whether the APOC plan is going to be possible or not. And so it's not all in on APOC. So it's not 3x APOC, it's 2x. And then there's the ASOPs as well. So Aesop's nice. Yeah, so it can it can pivot if it's if the APOC plan doesn't come off, right? It's not all in on APOC, and then the Aesop can actually really come in handy with things like having Paladin Puemo plus Bad Pub, right? Yeah. Plus the bin breakers, and you can just sort of cycle them that way. So it can kind of oh. go ways. I like that. Turn the fake credits into real credits. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's even the hunting grounds in there, which was specifically for Red Glacier, but that I very often have been like, okay, I can install this for free with Paladin yeah. and use that other ability and just give myself like three Aesop targets. Oh, that's sick. Totally sick. I love that. That's so good. So it worked out. These decks sound pretty decent. Kind of a little off-brand for slums, but we'll allow it. 
Um, so overall, uh, how, how did you do? What was your record? We, we got a preview on one of the decks, but like, what was the record on the other deck and your overall record? Uh, the Val deck only dropped one game in the tournament. Wow. So yeah, it did pretty well. And then that's, altogether, that's I think I went 10 and 4, and I had the highest strength of schedule of the 30s. So with Asker dropping, actually, I'm on the bubble. So oh. there's part of me that's like, all right, I'm going to wake up at like 7 a.m. Maybe someone had a bad night, right? Maybe someone gets called into work. Maybe, you know, I'm the alternate. If it happens, then we'll have to check back in afterwards to see yeah. how it went. If not, then that's still a fantastic showing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So it, we've heard a lot of the good stuff. Obviously, the Slumscast brand, we focus on some of the bad beats, some of the bad decisions. What was the baddest beat you had all day? I got really excited to, after the runner ran with like something like five credits, and I had four credits at the start of my turn, I got really excited to Econ Warfare them into Consulting Visit HHN, yep. getting momentarily that Consulting Visit costs two. Oh, <laughs> and then it costs cost three. And I was like, oh, I guess I will get an archive memories <laughs> for my consulting visit to get that back or to get back another econ warfare or something and maybe just, you know, scare them. Ouch. Ow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was my bonehead life on the acid deck. And then I played TF34 in second to last round and they actually swept me. And I felt like I'd set up in case they whiffed on their last turning wheel dig, which they had like a 75% chance of hitting, but like in the one in four chance that they didn't, I was like super set up to be able to score out a 5-3 from hand. And like mm. we were chatting about that afterward, like, oh, if you didn't hit, I would have scored that out. And then like two minutes after the game, I was like, nope, I would have been two credit short anyway. Oh, <laughs> so, you know, there was no winning that game and just kind of made a dumb dumb of myself because they probably left and they're like, oh, dude's an idiot. That sums up my experience with most purple combo weed decks. I am always wrong by that two credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I thought like I could do it with 11, but I guess you need 13 even with the Jeeves click, like the, the biotics. Val went, went over pretty okay altogether. I think I just made good reads on things against Red Glacier when they were jamming NGOs versus jamming like four twos never advance. And then again, I think my worst with Val was also against TF34. I mean, they swept me where I just got like, I don't know, locked out from their DTM. I think my game plan was just off and I was trying to get my draw going and I was trying to get my econ going. And then every time I put down like a, an Aesop or like a, a Liberated, he's just rezzing Amalia. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Brutal. I'm just like, Malia, like, all right, that has to be a one of get something down again, trashes Malia, rezzes a new one. I'm just like, you got this. You got this. <laughs> you deserve it at that point. Oh my God. Yeah, I will let you have this. Clearly, you want it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, clearly I am outclassed here. And then they finished like, what, third or fourth? So Yeah, I think wow. so. Crazy. Malia. Yeah. I'll be completely then, honest. I thought that that was a brain damage card when you first said the name before I remembered what it actually did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the text is blank liberated. Yeah. Blank liberated. <laughs> yep. That sounds about right. Yep. Yeah. And then the other bad HHN Asta game was just Agenda Flood. It was against a Haley deck or an APOC Haley deck. The game did not go long enough for me to find out and yeah. when he dropped stargate it was like turn just three or four i had 13 points in hand and then there was another vitruvius like right at the top so it's just like okay the it's universe cool. wants this yeah, yeah. yeah. the Janet shuffler has spoken who yeah. am i to speak against it <laughs> yeah but it's a strong deck the asa give jonas's due because it's based on his shell 
Yeah, it seems like a great deck. We're excited to see it. Speaking of decks, we have another question, but we have to kind of tailor this a little bit because it sounds like your decks are great. But we wanted to ask, what was the worst deck building decision that you made prior to this tournament? So it sounds like your decks were great. So the question tailored now towards you is, what are some cards that you almost included that would have been real bad on the day? Almost included. Well, we, we tested out, or I tested out a Mamie in the Val deck, which just never does enough. Like, I always love the idea of that card. Mm-hmm. And even with 21 events, somehow that card just never, never pulls its weight. As and someone the, who is on two of them, uh, yeah, I agree. It's weird, <laughs> right? Like, you just think, like, I'm running 21 events. I um, should be getting money out of this, but I'm not. Yeah, and then I'm just drawing, and eventually I'm just trashing it because I can't find yeah. an event. That got subbed out for an imp, which was Osclate's, uh, Lore's suggestion. Yeah. So the imp was good. The bad card, okay, so I could do the reverse of that too. I cut yeah. zeros for moshing. Bonkers, right? Because yeah. I started with zeros in that deck, and I found out that I was hitting them just once or twice. And then I was like, I, I have pieces I don't want to lose. Yeah. So I put in the moshings, and... I've tried moshing before. It is always a terrible card. But for whatever reason, in this deck, it's the first time ever this moshing has actually worked in a deck. And I think it's because you're always looking for specific pieces. So even if you're throwing out like decent cards, it's all relative to what you actually need to find. Technically a little bit faster than zero because you don't have to install it. And then it gets you three cards. Right. I mean, if, if you're only hitting zero three times, then you're getting the same value out of moshing, basically. Right, exactly, exactly. And quicker. So basically, yeah. you put in a bad card and it turned out to be a good deck building decision. Why? Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of why the opposite. that happened to us? <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> Pants, we're doing it wrong. We're doing it in the reverse order. We're, we're putting in bad cards. They're just, they're, they're not good bad cards. <laughs> it was, it's just really weird. I mean, I, I don't know why that card worked out, but it yeah. did. And zero, I think, is like objectively better or better, I guess, 99 out of 100 times. And moshing is always a card where you're like, I want this to be good, but it sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess if you're on a ton of other draw, like the whole idea with zero is just it's draw on a stick. But if, if you have enough other pieces, you don't need it as much, I guess. Yeah, and then once you draw the APOC, especially since yeah. this deck was only on two APOCs, it kind of becomes dicey. If you're yeah. on a three APOC build, I can see zero a little bit more, but when I draw that one, I don't want to lose yeah. it. Right. I mean, like back in the day, my APOC tech was always like, I have exactly one Kakugo on one central server, and I expect to snipe the APOC. And you're yeah. giving yourself that every single turn. So, and, and then on the acid deck, I don't know, we had really, really long conversations really long like super long conversations about individual card choices like mm-hmm. do we go one hagen or one yeah. vanilla <laughs> three mca or two mca and one biotic or do we go rather three g's or two g's and, and one biotic and those sort those ended up being like super super painstaking conversations but those choices i'm not unhappy with i think we made mm-hmm. the right calls on all of them we went a bit code gate heavy Mm-hmm. In terms of like what that ice spread is and gatekeeper and FC3 are obviously great, but like they really do fold to Amina and Angolo. Mm-hmm. I'm just always sort of, I know these are good, but Angolo or anything gets past it for two. And then even, you know, FC3 Angolo will get passed for just like five or so. And Amina will just get passed for four and cost you a credit. So yeah. always kind of like, I think rolling the dice with those, with the matchups there, going to code or heavy. 
but all in all, you know, I thought it was a good day. I did way better than I had expected. So I'm happy. And then uh, Dex seemed to do really well with the rest of the Cindy Lou crew and Val did good. And just uh, for me anyway, like I can wrap my head around APOC like much better than I can wrap my head around Leela. I do like Criminal, but I'm an old like Andy player. And then I really like 419. And then with Leela, I'm like, I don't understand like what to bounce or like what to try to get bounces thematically like i also don't really understand what's going on like she's just punching things back (laughs) i've never gotten that either right she's punching things through the internet right right punch them but they don't get destroyed just get like booped yeah wait hold on i've got it i've got it it's an uppercut right because you bounce them back up to the hand sure (laughs) let's go with that we just cracked the lore for leela y'all Oh man, Krim is so rich these days though. Oh, it's rough not to play Krim because like everybody else feels really poor. Yeah, I mean, they have the most money and they have the best breakers. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, best really- breakers. Where are we at? This really is the worst year ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was cool to see the variety in the top 16 and everything. I don't think there's too much Leela. I can't recall. Decent amount, but but no, not an overwhelming amount. I mean, I don't think there was an overwhelming amount of anything in the top sixteen. There's like there's four titans. Yeah, but that's an overwhelming amount of titans, in my opinion. Yeah, there there that, should be zero titan. That's a that's a lot of high rolling going on. I was not expecting that. I mean, good good for them. Good call. Well, right, you got well, any pluggables to plug or anything else you want to say? Pluggables to plug. Oh, what what would that be? I feel very silly. Um, well, it sounds like, like you got a testing crew. You guys got a name? Well, no, we're we're just we're just the Cindy Lumetta. That's a plug. That's yeah, Shadow. Yeah, we're not too well known, I guess, but maybe this will help. Maybe uh, Cindy Lou on the map a little bit because we have good players. You know, really cool people in general. I think we're getting a bit better altogether with our original deck building strategies because I think maybe we haven't been like super super great or spent so so much time on that. But I think we're we're getting there. So yeah, watch out for Cindy Lou in 2021. You heard it here first. All right. Congrats again on placement. I know. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for all that you do. Absolutely. All right, guys. Why would you do that? Could you go ahead and introduce yourself to the Slums cast? Hi, everyone. My name is Jeff. I'm known on Slack and other forms as uh, Yuzengrin, which many people stumble over saying, which means I should probably look at a different handle one of these days. It was actually going to be my first question. How do you actually pronounce that? Honestly, this is my guess of how you pronounce it. It's one of those things where, like, I got it from a character and a thing I liked. Is it a Gunner Creek Court thing? It's a Gunner Creek Court thing, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my brother usually goes by Renard. I was <laughs> like, well, nice. I'll play the other half to that. So That's awesome. All right, so what did you play at Worlds this year? I, you know, I went real tryhard mode. I went Asa and Leela, and I was doing dedicated Rococo combo Asa. And then I just went and grabbed the Noodle Leela deck that's just good stuff Leela, and just was going to try my hand with that and see how far it could take me. And how far did it take you? I did pretty good overall. I think I finished, oh shoot, I was just looking at the eight and whatever. So eight and... Eight and six? Eight and six, yeah. One of those was a two-for-one loss, which feels bad, but... I think that was about where I was expecting to be. I ended up feeling disappointing because I was like, oh, I could have done better. You know, like that two for one goes the other way and my record looks yeah. very different. I know that feeling, not not to go too far into mine, but I finished under 500 because I was like, literally, there's no reason not to two for one. Like all of the prizes split at twos. A few of those go the wrong way and suddenly your record is like way down. Yeah. 
my one two for one was just like oh okay i'm just drawing agendas and agendas and agendas and uh can't do anything about that yeah that's not what you want to see on the two for one you agree to it and then you just open agendas and you're like oh this went bad quickly yeah it was a two for one where i was like oh i could probably play this out because i'm at two losses or no, I think I might have actually been at three and wasn't sure if 10-4 was going to make the cut. Mm-hmm. So it was probably the correct call in the end. By his deck, I was like, oh, I think I have a good chance in this. And then my deck just said, no, you don't. It fell rough. <laughs> so overall, how did the decks do? Like, what was the individual records for each deck? So Leela went three and three. Mm-hmm. And then Asa went, what's, what does that make up? Five and three? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I think my corp losses, I felt a lot of them were deck order stuff. I actually think that corp deck is really strong and sort of unfair for most runners. But Leela, I felt like, oh, I do a click, something happens, I go, oh, I shouldn't have done that, should I? And that was uh, that was a lot of my experience of the day. So Yeah, me playing Leela.jpg. <laughs> yeah, that is a feeling that Slums is very familiar with. That's why I don't play Leela. I'm going to lose on whatever trash I play. I might as well lose on trash that I know how to lose with. Yeah, at least you're not going to say I shouldn't have taken that click. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like for the last like two years, I basically only played Haley nonsense decks. And then this year I was like, oh, I should try and actually get good at the game. (laughs) And so I'll start just copying other people's good runner decks. Yes. That's like a reasonable decision to me. You got more runner wins than I did. So I'd say it worked out okay for you. Yeah, some of that was luck. One of my games, well, I had two games against PE, you know, rolling the dice. And once I got lucky and once I played Boomerang Diversion and got them down to zero, felt really good about myself, ran R&D, which had two upgrades in it. It was Mwanza City Grid because I forgot that was a card. And so I went from, from them being on zero to them being on 12. That was, uh, turns out, unrecoverable. Oh, man, Mwanza. <laughs> You never expect it is the thing. Yeah, it's sort of like the Spanish Inquisition. Exactly. They don't get the Mwanza bucks until after the run, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw, I forget, maybe I saw a House of Knives or something. Uh-huh. But then I also saw like Ganked and uh, Divert Power. Ooh. And I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> I was super what? salty in the moment because I ended up losing that game on like, I had to access Oboe before I access the snare and I access the snare before the Oboe. Uh-huh. On a legwork run, it's like, oh, Marcus Batty hit me with a tire subroutine just to give you some sense of how crazy this game was going. It was something else. Oh, wow. I honestly don't know what the subroutines on that ice are because it's just instantly lose three clicks and give the corp an agenda is what that ice reads to me. The one they chose was not the one I would have chosen, but they chose due to brain damage. Okay. Decent SPE, I guess. Makes up yeah, the I think there's there's one that's like, oh, shoot. Trash and installs runner card, I believe. That seems good. Yeah. And then there's end the run, I believe. Or maybe it's... Oh, sorry. Trash and installed runner card and gain three credits. <laughs> it's got actually, some spicy subs, man. Yeah, if they had done oh, that... It's also got a spicy influence total. It's five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this deck was something else. With running ganks, divert power, and tier. Like, it sounds like a couple of people might have been on that list. And uh, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, if I had known it was this list, I play this matchup a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I feel like getting Batty to fire a tire subroutine might be the answer to this. We have to ask anyway, what was the baddest beat that you had all weekend? Honestly, I don't think that was the baddest beat I had all, all weekend. Right. I had a correct- oh, tell. <laughs> I think my baddest beat was I was up against a Haley deck and I was like, okay, I have two ice in my opening hand and a Rashida, no agendas, and one dedication ceremony. This game is in the bag. Install an ice, install Rashida, install an ice protecting HQ because there's, there's no such thing as R&D pressure right now. Fire the Rashida, draw three agendas. Top deck, a fourth agenda. Two VLCs in hand at some point else in that game. I just drew all three of my VLCs, but could not play them because I had four agendas in hand. And it was just like, cool. Their turn one was like, oh, I'm going to put down Proco and Aesops and build and build and build. And it's like, if I had drawn any cards that weren't agendas for five turns, would have been good. But it was just one of those. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. The one that was like an actual like, oh, I goofed mistake. I was playing against Encoder, who's a very good player. Mm -hmm. And I had seen that he was on a punitive list Mm because I had accessed the punitive. And then I said, well, he's got six more credits than me. Let's play legwork. (laughs) I, I don't know. He wasn't threatening a score out to win the game. Like he was rebuilding a board state that as I was clawing back up, I was like, now let's legwork right now and stole a GFI, nothing else. So I didn't win the game immediately. And then I go, oh, he can use a Vitruvius counter to get fully operational, play that for a billion credits and go punitive, punitive. And that's exactly what he did. Not ideal. Yeah. Not yeah. Ideal. <laughs> that was just one of those like, oh, I could have just clicked for four credits and that would have been better than what I did on my turn. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. Okay. That's a bit of an oof. You did pretty well. So... You might have to dig a little bit deep into the tank on this one, but what was the worst deck building decision that you made on the weekend? Hmm. So let me think about that because I was actually pretty happy with my deck. Actually, in my Asa deck, I had two extra influence left over and I said, I don't know what to do with this. I guess I'll put in Afshar. It was nice the one time I drew it in time. I actually got very lucky and did draw it several times. I think I resed it once all day. But then someone else pointed out, oh, you could have put in like daily business show or even two daily yeah. business shows. And I go, yeah, oh, yeah, if I'm just trying to draw a combo, filter draw would be nice. But yeah, I don't know. That deck, part of me is like, oh, maybe if I had run my other version that had two reconstruction contracts and two mm-hmm. dedications instead of one reconstruction contract and three dedications. Mm-hmm. So like I would have more copies of the asset, fewer copies of the operation. This version had two tech startups, but those kept getting trashed. And I'm like, oh, maybe that wasn't the right call. But sort of how I was feeling about it. Is there a bad card that you caught yourself on that you almost put in one of these decks? Hmm, boy. I was looking at, oh, in Leela, I was thinking, I mean, it's not a bad card, but it's a bad card for this meta. I was thinking about putting in a Citadel Sanctuary, I think was the closest I got. I think, unfortunately, for you guys' podcast, I play this very safe and very boring. Right. Maybe I, I thought for a cut in a second. <laughs> cut it! Cut it! We're done. I did think about playing the Freedom List I had played, which just huh? was full of bad cards. Dude, that one was, was spicy. Like, that one was real spicy. I was like, oh yeah, one X Polonky, one X Consume, two X Simul Chips. Who needs SMC? That was what I almost ran, and then someone, I think, White Blade was like, Jeff, Jeff, don't. 
Just <laughs> I tried to say the same thing about Pants as a runner deck, but he wouldn't listen. <laughs> Look, it was it was winning our testing games, which were against you. Yeah, yeah. That not a good sample size or like sample <laughs> at all. I basically practice only against my like I just played my corp against my runner and got someone else because we were both like, these are the strongest decks, and then realized like, oh wait but we're not going to be playing people playing those every single time. And so like, I wasn't, I wasn't well practiced against ag infusion. I wasn't practiced at all against PE. Turns out that's what I should have been practicing for, not for Asa. But yeah, there was more ag infusion than I expected to be completely honest. I expected a lot of Polana. There was a lot of Polana, but there was also a lot of ag. Yeah. It's annoying when you're on leg works and diversions. Like it's, yep. it makes that really, I felt much safer against Polana because I can land those events. And I actually felt like Polana didn't have a lot of legs against the Lilo deck, but the Ag Infusion seemed to, but that also could be that I played it three times before Worlds doing mm -hmm. my classic. This deck looks fine. Nip, don't need to touch it. Don't need to practice it. Don't need to think about it. Just go. All right. Any shout outs you'd like to make or any plugs you want to give? I guess I should probably plug the blogs I wrote about switching over to single-sided Swiss. I also am not prepared enough to have that URL up. I think it should be netrunnerscribbler.wordpress.com. As someone who has some control over the Slums cast content creation, I have a feeling that once that's back up, we might have you back on the cast to help hype it. All right, sounds good. Getting things over to single-sided Swiss is a cause that's near and dear to our hearts. As we know, we believe it would win in a fight over double-sided Swiss. <laughs> yeah, but in, in fact, double-sided Swiss, we declared, would be the one drug out into the streets and yep. beaten by the onlooking crowd. Yeah, like, have you ever seen the end of Training Day? It'd be like that. That's double-sided Swiss. <laughs> thanks for being on, Jeff. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Why would you do that? Would you go ahead and introduce yourself for the Slums cast? My name is Alexis, a.k.a. the lady who was mean to me, a.k.a. the mean lady. Right now, all I do is yell at people in stimhack.slack.com. Shout out. Uh, have started playing Netrunner again. Yeah, that's pretty much all I do nowadays that's Netrunner related. Yell at people on Slack and on Facebook. It's a great time, really. Nice. That's Netrunner adjacent enough. Hey, you know. <laughs> Honestly, I would argue that is the core Netrunner content of today, is yelling at people. Right? Yeah. It's my favorite thing to do. So on the topic of actually playing Netrunner, what did you play at Worlds? I hadn't played Netrunner, a real Netrunner, standard Netrunner, since uh, April? Yeah. <laughs> and the day or two before the event, or before we needed to lock in, I go to my people and I'm like, hey, I don't know what to play. What's fun? They hand me uh, Punitive Asa and Geist play them twice before the event having never played them before and it was an experience <laughs> oh boy <laughs> playing geist when you've never played geist before oh, that's yeah. to be Ooh, fair i played a lot of like i played a ton of rube goldberg Haley. yeah okay. so i'm like yeah. oh this is the same right it was not the same <laughs> it was it not wasn't. the same <laughs> that's why i said snopes mixed yeah. 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 <laughs> How did that go? 
then. You know, I went in expecting to win like one or two games because I didn't know what was going mm-hmm. on. And I actually did way better than I thought I would. I Yeah. I think each deck won twice, nice. which is fine. Killed a person. Nice. Didn't get killed a couple nice. times. It, it was great. You love to see it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I for not ever really playing them, it went way better than I thought it would. So that yeah, that in itself that. is a win. Yeah. I personally, based on results at all of the worlds I've attended, I am now firmly a believer that you should never play your corp deck before you go to the event. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's definitely a slums call, Pants. That's we'll, classic. Look at the scoreboard. <laughs> That's some it's classic bad. slums yeah. <laughs> knowledge there. Obviously, this is the slums cast. We like to focus on the questionable calls. The oh, I've got some questionable beats. calls for you. Let's Let save questionable you. calls for a moment. Let's go to the bad beats. Like, what was your baddest beat on the day? Playing Punitive Asa. Mm-hmm. I've got a Vitruvius counter. I've got uh, three copies of Punitive Counter-Strike. Yeet. And I've got some fully operationals in the trash. Somehow, after they stole a three-point thing, mm-hmm. I was one credit short of being able to triple Punitive kill them. Ooh. It was devastating. One credit. <laughs> it was like round six or something and it's like mathing out punitive is so hard like yeah. especially when there's three of them i'm like okay if i pay this much you'll go to this much and if you do this way it's like there's too many like because they can take damage on certain ones there was no way i could math it out i was just like so we'll see what happens and it ended up being one credit short i would like to the, point was, out so oh we- and i had jeeves as well that's why i was able to do triple double punitive fully operational into punitive yeah and so close so, so close i would like to point something out we we've talked many times about what the best possible play in netrunner is mm-hmm. and i think we've settled on scorch 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 jeeves click scorch absolutely that is the you were most incredibly optimal close to being able to do that with punitive i you know punitive 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 jeeves click get back punitive punitive trivia's punitive and i know and uh, it was like hard to decide i'm like do i get the the punitive and do it again or do i full up for the money it was just it was just too many yeah. lines that i was not prepared for you almost did the most wayland thing in the game i in know a pur- in a purple deck i know but- you know the people on consulting visit i'm one of them i'm yeah. on a consulting that tracks visit. yeah yes. <laughs> you are elizabeth mills like just just exactly. irl you gotta so. do some consulting and show hb the yeah. world of murder it's great the best win condition. I love the flavor of that play too. Man, we shot him twice and it didn't work. So let's just shoot keep going. Him another two times. <laughs> just keep going. Gun didn't work. So let's get more gun. Just need more gun. Shoot first. Shoot second. Shoot third. Ask and questions like forty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> let's move into the questionable decisions. Let's start with deck building because you know we talk about deck building a lot on mm-hmm. Fest. What was the worst deck building decision you made? I don't know. See, I didn't make my decks. That's the problem. I just, somebody gave them to me and was like, here you go. And I didn't even look at them before I played two desk games. So I feel bad because I didn't make any decisions with them. (laughs) Oh, no. I went to 46 cards in Geist, which is my favorite thing in the world, though. So what was the 46th card? It was dropping a clot for two Gabalis. I mean, many boys are pretty good. Yeah. 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 That seems all right. Yeah, this is all right, right? Heinzel's on zero clots, and he's top of Swiss, so. Exactly, exactly. That was the one deck-building decision I made. Okay, so 
by default, quite, it's the it worst seemed thing. Okay, forty-six card runner decks are my favorite thing in the game. Got to do it, you know. I mean, if you're someone like Ghost, where you're naturally drawing through your deck quickly, I, it makes more sense. I would say exactly. The unseen clot is the deadliest, anyways. <laughs> That's what I say. Yeah. After playing Clotless Haley at multiple tournaments. See, this is exactly why you should never respect runners. Exactly. They, a lot of times their lines are, surely the corp will respect that I have the plot. <laughs> the, like, the, the unseen like, no, fear. I, just, I don't respect you, runner. Exactly. You know, same way as runner, though. Just never respect the corp. I mean, it's just a game of mutual disrespect. Of just, yep. yes, yes. The truly beautiful thing about Netrunner is that no one respects anyone. Exactly. How about play decisions? Were there any especially spicy play decisions that were made? So I had an Asa game where by like turn six, I had one piece of ice and it was a Fairchild three. So I'm like, okay, this is not great. But uh, turns out uh, the questionable uh, decisions were not made on my part, but on the runner's part because... Despite the fact of me having no ice, I had uh, a couple of Project Basherons that they really, really wanted, and a couple of friendos with guns who were waiting. Okay, okay. So it turns out just clicking for money and doing nothing worked out quite well. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we always say that the basic action card is the most OP card in Netrunner. It really is. The the, the basic action card broken if there is one card that nisa needs to ban it is the basic action card absolutely absolutely basic action card ban or never heard of him ban ban definitely definitely are there any shout outs you'd like to make any uh things you'd like to plug (sighs) slack everyone join slack it's great absolutely uh what else I'm not sure how many people we're going to get to join Slack because most of our listener base is from Slack. <laughs> because uh, the target audience is people on Slack. Slack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't leave. Yeah. Don't forget. You're here forever. <laughs> no, I'm just excited. A, a lot of my, a lot of people, there's one Colorado person who made it into the cut. So shout outs to yeah. him. Uh, his name is Rich. His uh, Genteki name is Limes. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So. This is definitely the highest placement he's ever had. So even I, right now, yeah. like big shout outs to him. He's playing some wild stuff. So Ooh. Yeah, oh yeah. Let's uh, hook to get that on stream tomorrow then. Oh, it's a treat. It's both sides are just a treat. It's I, definitely going to be something to look forward to. For what it's worth, it wouldn't be spoiling because this will not release before tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, well, I hope everybody enjoyed watching that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, as we all know that deck won worlds uh, we can edit that out later right yes yes <laughs> no i've told you numerous times <laughs> audio is is in a mutable format it cannot be edited <laughs> it's not possible the technology doesn't exist yeah it's not there yet just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. do you want to plug your npc so the make playing cards url slash cell slash and then it's mean lady alt arts all right well thank you for being on alexis Thanks for having me. Thank you. We love See you. you la- See you later, slummies. Yeah. Why would you do that? Could you go ahead and introduce yourself to the Slums cast? Hey, Slums cast. It's your local hot mess, CTZ. You know, the three-lettered maniac. 
I think there's a couple of three letters, but I definitely have exclusive rights to Z. C is up in the air, and I think T I also have exclusive rights to. So, I'm not sure I'd know you at all, but I've definitely seen uh, that. I think there's a few emojis of you. There's a few, you know, my glasses were really dirty in a lot of them and they thought it looked funny when they took my photo. So then I think, you know, they talked it up to Steve Jobs and he just included it in the default emoji for all iOS devices. I mean, honestly, the joke is on them at this point because the emoji are too small to notice that the glasses are dirty. Exactly. You just see a bearded idiot with some formation of glasses and then that's it. But, you know, it, it communicates a point. It's who is this person? What are they doing? And why are they not even playing Netrunner? They're playing Uno, the top game of 2016. I don't know if y'all have been catching on, but it is just taken the field by storm. Side events of Uno everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's an innovative choice. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because we've all been playing it wrong the entire time. The four straw four, you can't actually stack those. That's an official oh. rule. I mean, no one, oh. yeah, see, exactly. Yeah, yeah, see, you fell for it too. That's terrible news. <laughs> wow, cheating yeah, the entire time. <laughs> exactly, right, 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 right. Okay, so what did you play at Worlds? It was a little unconventional, but, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. So on the runner side, obviously with everyone going with CTM and, you know, just tags and assets and all of that, I decided to go with Valentia because she has bad publicity. You can trash the assets, blackmail, keyhole, account siphon, all that good stuff. And then for corporation, I just played a simple Polana deck. You know, it wasn't as popular in the field. Everyone was mostly on, you know, that CTM. And I just figured money is good. One, one big is good. Mm-hmm. Everyone was trying, trying to do that, I think. Or there were a couple of people doing potatoes. But that thing is just a bunch of garbage, so no need. How, how did how did they do that one? Potatoes? Yeah. They just played PU, Potential Unleashed. Wow, that's a really bold meta call right now. I mean, so the thing was, is yeah, like it's a super bold strategy, but if like no one says anything, then you just go through the Swiss, right? And then you get to the top cut, and then you have a smaller percentage of people that probably won't say or do anything, and then yeah. you just keep yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'd buy that. Yeah, that that is kind of core to the the strategy of playing PU right now is uh, people not saying anything. How did those do for you on the weekend? The classic CTZ. So CTZ has two strategies. So typically I bubble. I'm known for bubbling. So in the store championship series of 2016, I had four store champ bubbles. And I decided with this year, I want to do even a little bit better. So I got five. Then I showed up to Gen Con. No one was there. Absolutely no one was at Gen Con, so I didn't do well there. And then I got here, and I didn't bubble either. So what I did is I won perfect with a runner, 6-0. and Corp, 0-6. Classic CTZ Ooh. split right there. Got it. Yeah, you hate to see that happen. Yeah, it's not that great. How did you do? For me, it was the opposite. I went 5-0 on Polana, and then 1-7 and as Val. I, clearly, I needed your list. Some of the cards that were in there, I'm pretty sure I needed them. Me too, I think. I think we should have just mishmashed our decks together and then whatever deck formed out of the mess, that's what we play. I buy it. So obviously this is the slums cast. We do like to talk about the bad beats. We do like to talk about the bad decisions. Let's start with the bad beats. What was Mm -hmm. the baddest beat that you had at Worlds? Well, the baddest beat I had, especially with all the CTM everywhere, you know, and speaking of your namesake, I was going against B Blum. 
And I cold open, cold open slums, mandatory draw, you know, cause I'm the runner, get another slums. Two slums right away. Absolute power draw against CTM. I lose to a naked beal. Sometimes you one. just think that face down is Jackson Howard. And sometimes you think it's MVT. And sometimes it's neither of those two. And it's just yeah. Project Beal. We saw uh, like Naked was a winning play in the top three this year. So I saw that people Four were talking about that on the stream for at least a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. I think that was the first question, wasn't it? Yeah. They said, they said, hey, 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 thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. So uh, that naked Beal, huh? They just went right into it and embarrassed me in front of the entire Netrunner community, which felt really, really, really yep. good. But, you know, that's what happens. Just as in real life, sometimes the slums will let you down. Oh, God. No, you two don't. But that Anarch resource, get that thing in the garbage. You know what I mean? <laughs> the worst thing about Cellsat slums... I hate to talk bad about the namesake of this podcast, but do you know what Cellset Slums doesn't let you do? Remove agendas from the game. You have to score those. That sucks. It's so dumb, too, because, you know, I heard that this was coming to actually, well, hold on. I have to double check my NDA here. Give me one second, because this is an important detail. Okay, this is covered now. So don't worry, we're out of playtesting NDA. But let me tell you, there's a card coming out pretty soon. Not quite yet. We're, you know, just getting towards the end of 2016. But Mm -hmm. there's going to be a purple card that allows you to remove agendas from the game. I can't say anything more than that because I think that it's going to, you know, I might get in trouble if I do that type of deal. Uh, it's, It's not out yet. I can't tell you. But it's a HB operation that does allow you to remove agendas from the game. That is the scoop that I will give to you and everyone listening to this cast, is that it is right around the corner. It's going to open up the jank field quite a bit in the corp department. I'm sure no serious decks will ever play that card. I don't know. I mean, the fact... I'll give you one other little scoop. Just one little. Okay. Okay. This is risky that I'm even going into this, but it is three influence... So, like, not really, you can't import a ton of this card into, you know, non-HB nonsense. So, I don't know if it will be massively played, but maybe everyone just plays purple. I don't know. It's a yellow world right now, and that's all I can tell you. So, we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose, again, you know, CTM did get second, so. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, it, it I can't say it's world. not a yellow world. Yeah, I, it's it's yeah. very potent. Very potent. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, HB does suck, and we should pass it on. No. <laughs> Dean, Dean, listen. I know you were trying to get everyone to get a face tat that said HB sucks, pass it on. And no one did it except for you. But you know what? Big year for you. I'm so proud of you that you're finally standing behind your message. You're really controlling it very well, and we'll, uh, we'll get it out to the masses. Don't worry. We'll convert everyone down the line. Mm-hmm. Yep. What would you say was the most questionable deck building decision that you made at Worlds? That's really tough. I do make a lot of mistakes. So, you know. That's why we're all here and not making appearances on other casts talking about why we won Worlds. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of a taste the name of situation, but I'm going to go with the color yellow just again because it's a yellow world. I didn't even include Jackson Howard in my deck. What? I just was like, you know, 
Sensi is going to help me draw. Bankers is going to give me that money. Uh-huh. I can just kind of click to draw otherwise. It comes with the core set uh, along with the proof of purchase, of course. And I just totally forgot Jackson Howard. May you rest in peace. I mean, yep. yeah, I mean, well, well, he's resting right now, but I can, I can just take him out. Like, it's not, it's not that big a deal. I know that, you know, you're trying to pay your respects and stuff, but he's fine. It's okay. There's no problem here. Wait, are you saying Jackson Howard is legal? Uh. Well, that got weird. Yeah. I have no idea what year that guy was playing in. That's very strange. I think it might have been 2016. That's scary. Yeah. That is the first temporal anomaly we've had on Slumscast. So, you know, hopefully it's the last one. Thankfully, despite the fact that he was not talking about Worlds 2020, that is the last person who has anything to say about Worlds 2020. Wait, that's not true. There's like a half a dozen of these left to go. Fuck! Do I 